Hey, thanks for joining me on the Life Podcast where you guessed it, we talk about life. My name is Austin and I am so excited that you are tuning in. This podcast exists to encourage you and walk alongside you as you experience life. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of The Life Podcast. I just got to say before we get into it that I am so thankful for everybody that has taken time to listen, everybody that has shared a post that I've made, everybody that has commented, liked, subscribed, anything. If if that is you, I am so thankful for you. So thank you for for doing that. Thank you for investing in myself in this podcast. I truly believe that um, that God is going to bring some really good things out of this podcast. So again, thank you so much for coming alongside on this journey with me because um, it's just getting started. So I hope you guys are enjoying it, and I hope today's episode um, will be will be amazing for you as well. Today's going to be a little bit different on the podcast. Normally, I have a guest on the show with me. I know I'm only on episode six, but normally I have a guest, but today it is going to just be myself. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my story, a little bit about some struggles that I've went through, and uh, I really believe that it can be uh, something good to to just hear me and share my stories. Not that I'm the smartest guy in the room or that I have uh, been through some crazy things, but I believe that there is there is power in in, in sharing testimony, sharing struggles, and and letting everybody know that that you know what you're not alone in what you're going through. And that's kind of the whole vision behind this podcast is that that I would speak and my guests that come on would speak to the real messy situations of life that they would let people know that they're not alone. And I believe that if God did something in my life or did something in somebody else's life, when we share that, when we when we um, quite literally say the testimony of what it is, God will do the same thing again in somebody else's life. As a matter of fact, the word testimony in, in the old Hebrew literally means to do it again. So when we share a testimony, we're quite literally saying, God, you do this again, and he'll do the same thing that he did in my life in somebody else's life with the same power in the same authority that he did it in my life. If God healed me of, let's say, cancer or something, when I tell that testimony, I believe that that is me saying, God can do it again in your life. I, I don't have cancer. I wasn't healed of cancer, but that's just an example. Um, and, and and that's one of the main reasons that I, that I created this podcast, because I wanted to speak to people's situations. I believe that there are many people who have gone through a lot of crazy things in life, who have gone through even traumatic things. And I want to speak to those situations that nobody else is speaking to, that society says are taboo, that churches say are taboo. Um, and I believe that there's real transformation when we sit down and we have conversations about these things. And today is going to be one of those one of those days where I think we get pretty pretty real and pretty raw. And I believe that I have had some experiences that can relate to a lot of people and will hopefully bring some bring some freedom and bring some liberation to some people's lives as well. So again, thank you so much for joining me today. And I say we just hop right on into it. So let me take you back. Like I said, I'm going to be telling you my story. Let me take you back to the beginning. It was about 1997. I was born in 98. Um, my parents, they they went on a date. And then after the day, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tell you guys that part of the story. But anyway, um, that was just my joke for the day. My dad joke, since I'm a dad, I can tell those jokes. Um, anyway, I was, I was born in, born in Ontario, Oregon, I lived the first couple of years of my life in Payette, Idaho, which is about four hours from where I'm at now. And it, uh, after a couple of years, my parents got divorced, um, and I was practically raised by my mom. She was single mom in it. Uh, shout out to all the other single moms out there because 
Now that I'm a parent, I do not understand um, how anybody could do it by themselves because it is a lot of work. So shout out to my mom. Shout out to any other single moms out there. Anyway, I was raised by my mom for the most part, and um, I had a really good life growing up. I mean, my mom always made sure that that we were provided for, that we had um, food on the table, that we had a place to live, and she she did really amazing for us. I never even felt that that we were struggling. If she was struggling to get money, then I had no idea because she um, just made it so great for me and, and my brothers, and so I'm really thankful for that. Um, getting in, in, Getting into school and middle school and high school, I was always the kind of kid who wanted to do well, um, and anything that I do, I'm very competitive. So I love to I love to be the top of the top, the best of the best. So I always try to get good grades. I always had good grades. I always wanted to be the best person that I could be. I always wanted to be, for example, I played basketball and I ran track and I always wanted to be the best at those things. And um, I, I really, I was in a lot of things that I did. I was, I was the best. And I don't say that to brag, but I say that to help you understand a little bit about me because I think that'll be important as I go on and tell you my story today. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always wanted to be the best, and I and I was at some things. I a lot of my teachers loved loved having me in class. Um, I had a lot of friends. I was kind of one of the the as people might say popular kids in school, and I don't say that again to brag. I say that to help you understand myself. Um, and and I always wanted to make everybody happy. I wanted to please everybody. I wanted to always um, do what was best for everybody else. And um, even if that meant hurting myself in the process and over over the, the span of my school career doing that, I really set this reputation for myself. I was in leadership roles. I did uh, student leadership throughout middle school and high school. And um, my wife would, if she was on the podcast, she would say, and Austin was nominated for homecoming court every single year we were in high school um, because she always feels the need to bring that up. But anyway, um, so I really had this reputation going for myself that I was a really good kid that um, that I had always gotten good grades, that um, I was respectable, whatever, fill in the blank. But I had this reputation for myself. And, and one thing you need to know about me is that I, I want people to think well of me. I want people to, 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 to not think bad about me. Like I, like I said, I want to please as many people as I can. And, um, but I also don't want to, I don't want people to think bad of me. I don't want them to think that I'm a bad person because I really care about what people think about me, and and I really cared, especially in like middle school and high school. I, I'm I'm growing, I'm growing now, and I'm maturing, and and I'm realizing that you know what, only what God thinks of me is what's really important to me. But I really struggled with a lot of a lot of things, and one of those things was putting out this image, even if it was a fake image. I wanted people to think the best of me, to think that I was the best Austin that I could be, even if that wasn't true. And I was raised in the church. My mom always made it a point to, to get us up on Sunday mornings, go to church. I was in and out of youth group. I didn't go a whole lot when I was in school. Um, I didn't really get serious about my faith, about about God until I was in high school. And, and even then, it wasn't until I got out of high school that, that I really encountered God for myself. And um, long story short, um, like I said, I didn't really become a Christian until that point in my life, till later on in life. But I had served in church. I believed in God. But my life never really reflected what what I said. And I was a good kid. Don't get me wrong. I got the good grades. I never really got into trouble. I was a good kid by, by the world standards, right? Um, however, saying I believed in Jesus... Um, People knew, people knew that I believed in God. People knew that I was a Christian, which was cool. But I didn't really know what it meant to be a Christian. So the further that I got in my faith, the more I was challenged and the more I began to hide who I really was, not, not from people on the outside, but from myself. I, I had this picture of myself of who I wanted to be. 
and I had who I actually was and I didn't like who I actually was. So I just put on a front and I made people think that I'm not, I'm not saying that like I was the worst guy ever, but I'm saying that image was so important to me that I, that I really valued it. And I really tried to fake it, even though, even if I wasn't having a great day, I would say I was having a great day. Even if I was a mess on the inside, I would look all organized and put together on the outside. And here's what I really wanted to say. I, I, I think that, that what I went through was something that so many people are going through. And sometime in high school, I became addicted to pornography. And, and little did I know that it would be one of the biggest struggles in my life. And here was the dilemma. I knew it was wrong. Like I said, I was raised in church and I was told that it was wrong. Um, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop watching. I couldn't stop thinking about it, whatever. And, and so that was the dilemma I was having. And the Bible obviously states that, that sexual sin is wrong, that lusting is wrong. And obviously the Bible doesn't talk specifically to pornography, but what do you do when you watch it? You're lusting, you're, you are engaging in sexual sin. And it's one of the biggest sins, not to say that it's like, cause, cause the Bible is clear and says that all sin, if you've broken one law, you've broke them all. However, the, the, the consequences here on earth of that sin are very, very, um, magnified compared to maybe something like just telling a little lie or whatever. Um, and this sin is really, really damaging. And it really, really damaged my life, not publicly, but privately. And, and we'll get into that in, in a second. But I bring this up and I, and I want to talk about it because like I said, this is a life podcast. And if I don't talk about the hard issues, then I'm really doing a disservice. And if I don't share what I've been through, I'm doing people who, who, who are experiencing the same things that I've went through a disservice. So and, and, and just to give you guys um, a little info about how relevant this really is, I think it's very obvious to see right now we have the, that reality show Cuties going around on Netflix, and that is basically child pornography. We have, um, I, I, I've been seeing a lot of things going around about Pornhub recently and how um, they are using and exploiting all of this um, sex trafficking and all this. And it is a real problem in our society, but the crazy thing is we, we're so tired of of, of people viewing pornography, yet the numbers of people viewing it are at an all-time high. Even within the church, the numbers of, of men and even women viewing it are at an all-time high. And, it, and the number is something crazy. I saw a statistic a couple years ago that was like 70 to 80 percent. I'm sure the numbers, this is a ballpark, but 70 to 80 percent of men who, who regularly attend church, who call themselves a Christian, are viewing pornography on a weekly or monthly basis, whatever the stat was. But anyway, that number should be alarming. As people who, who, who claim to love Jesus, as people who claim to follow Jesus, yet they're struggling with the sin. And the thing is, nobody, I'm, there are people talking about it, don't get me wrong, but I don't, think, I don't think that there are enough people talking about it. And, and again, that's really why I want to talk about it today and about my own struggles with it. And um, yeah, I just think that there are so many people who experience this. And anyway, let me just kind of share my experience with it and then we'll get into a little bit more. Um, so like I said, it was sometime in high school that I really was, was introduced to. I don't even remember. I do remember though that when, um, whenever I would scroll, scroll through Twitter or something, I would start to see all these inappropriate pictures and videos and I would just fall into this like, I would get video after video after video or picture after picture. And then all of a sudden I would be like 30 minutes later and I don't even know what's been happening. And anyway, so I would just get trapped into this. And then the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it, even though I knew it was wrong. I, um, I wanted to feel bad about it. I wanted to feel guilty for it because I thought that I should. 
However, I, I began, the more I did it, the more I was callous to it, the more I was numb to it, the more I was numb to the guilt of it. Because here's the deal. I think sexual sin is one of Satan's greatest weapons because it's never just a one-time thing. It, 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 it's normally a, a thought, and then it's a hundred thoughts, and then it's an action, and then all of a sudden you're in this cycle that you can't break because it's so addictive. As, as soon as you do something pleasurable, your brain automatically builds this pathway and says, yeah, that's good. We're going to have to do that again. And, and, and it's sort of like drugs in that sense. Not I've never done drugs. I don't know. But from, from what people say, um, but it's sort of like drugs in that sense. And like I said, the more I watched, the more calloused I became to it, the, the more I was exposed to it, it almost began to feel like it wasn't a bad thing. And I think in society or in Hollywood, that's really where we're at. Because if you turn to any movie, any TV show, um, it's so prevalent and, and it's honestly, it, it, it's one of Satan's greatest weapons and greatest tactics to get people to feel farther and farther away from God. So, so like I said, I began to feel so much guilt and so much shame, but I couldn't stop what I was doing. I began to feel so fake. I would put on a front in public because I had this reputation of always being happy and always being put together and always being the good kid. I could not let people know that there was something that I was struggling with privately. There were so many times where I wanted to, to tell a friend or, or even tell a pastor at church or, or whoever it was, yet I couldn't bring myself to do it because I was so fearful of the judgment that it would bring, of the hurt that it might um, give to other people. I could not bring myself to do it. However, there was this verse in the Bible. It's in 1 John, and it says this, that if you confess your sins, then God is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And, and I heard that verse, and, and I remember thinking to myself, oh man, that's so powerful. If I, if I confess what I'm doing, then God is faithful and just to forgive. But then I began to have more thoughts, and these thoughts weren't from God. These thoughts were from Satan, and they were like, nobody's going to forgive you. People are going to think that you're gross. People are going to think that they're going to think way differently of you, Austin. You're no longer going to have that image. You're no longer going to have that reputation. And I so valued what people thought about me that I spent years trapped in this and could not get out of it. And it was such a roller coaster for me. And, and what's crazy is I was serving in church. I, I was in a relationship and I hid it from, from my girlfriend and, and, and then eventually um, from my wife and I even went to Bible college and I was still struggling with this. And, and the longer I went with, um, with this problem, the harder it began to get to even think about telling somebody or to think about the healing process because it had been so long or because I was so far into to ministry or the church world that I didn't think that I would ever be able to rebound from it. And um, I thought that no one would understand me, they, that I, I would hurt people. I wouldn't have the reputation that I wanted to have. And, I, and as I think about it, and, and, and I've been... Um, porn free, one could say, for about two years now. And um, man, I put myself through so many years of unnecessary guilt, shame, condemnation, punishment. And here's the deal. Here's what I think we need to understand, that God doesn't want to, to punish us. He doesn't want us to experience guilt and shame and condemnation. As a matter of fact, the, the Bible says that when we are walking by the Spirit, when we are walking and, and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, we'll have joy, we'll have peace, we'll have kindness in our lives. 
And that's a promise from God. However, the enemy, Satan, comes and tells us that we're not worthy, that we'll never be forgiven, we'll, we'll never be able to, to rebound from what, what has happened. People will look at us differently. People will think differently. And you know what? Some people might think differently about us. Some people might think that we're gross or we're whatever. But you know what? God is in the business of restoration. God is in the business of healing. And it took me so long to come to that conclusion. Now, let me tell you the story uh, of how I really got free from this, because um, I don't really think this is the norm of uh, how I how I went about it, but this is this is how it worked out in my life. I remember, um, I don't remember what year it would have been, but it was like it was like anyway, it doesn't matter. I, there was a week um, that I had fasted. I had fasted and I was praying and and fasting because I just wanted to know God more. And the Bible says that we should fast, so I was fasting. I didn't have a particular reason for it. I was just fasting because I thought that I could be obedient to what God was calling me to do, so I did. I fasted for five days. I've never gone that long without eating or drinking in my life, and that last day was the—it was difficult. I can't lie to you, but but I was fasting not to not to achieve something or not to get something from God. I was just fasting because I wanted to know Him better. And at the end of this fast, I, I had this just, like, conviction— that I needed to tell somebody about what was happening in my life. I, I went through, um, as I, as I um, was in, in this process, I remember there were so many times where I would go a week or two weeks or three weeks without, without watching it or without messing up, and, and then I would fall again. I would fall into these cycles of, of guilt and condemnation and shame and fill in the blank with whatever emotion that you could think of. Um, I was feeling it, and... I was just in this constant cycle, and like I said, I was so numb and callous to it at, at a certain point. I just didn't even feel like what I was doing was wrong, and, and I didn't even feel like I needed to stop. But I fasted for five days, and I remember after it that God just convicted my heart, and He was like, you need to tell somebody. And, and that verse was brought to my mind again. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And, and so I hung on to that verse, and, and I remember and this was the, probably one of the hardest days in my life. Um, I, I went uh, home to my wife that night, and I wouldn't... Anyway, however, this is my story, so just, just to bear with me, guys. I went to my, to my wife, and I, we sat in bed right before we were going to sleep, and I said, Mackenzie, I need to tell you something. And I am not lying to you guys when I say I wept for 30 minutes, and I could not get any words out of my mouth. We sat on our bed. She sat with me with a shoulder to cry on. And I wept for like 30 minutes straight, could not get a word out. And finally, I, I began to pour out my heart and, and I, I could only, I said a few words. I, I told her what was going on in my life, what I was struggling with. And then all I could say was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Kinsey was so amazing to me in the process. She, she hugged me. She reminded me of my worth, of my value. She reminded me that that's not who I am. And, um... Yeah, so I mean that that wasn't that wasn't the end of it per se, but that was the start. And I cannot even begin to tell you as soon as Kinsey began to comfort me, the weight that lifted off my shoulders because I confessed my sin. And say whatever you want about confession, we make a big deal about it. The Catholics do confession or whatever, but confession is a totally biblical principle that I think we as a church, as a Western church, really need to get good at practicing again. Because I think we put we've taken a lot of emphasis away from it. Whereas it's super biblical and super healthy for us as well. Not saying that um, that the Catholic Church is, is going about it in, in the right way or whatever, but I'm saying that it is a helpful tool. And it, there's a reason that God has says to confess your sins because it, it's so healthy for us. It's so healthy 
um, to get that out there and to have people walking alongside with us. So I remember I told her and then I told some of my friends and they uh, helped me in the process. They, they checked in on me and most importantly, they prayed for me. They, they, they prayed for me. That is the biggest thing. It says in James that the prayer of a righteous man um, is, is effective. And in the, in the Bible, it says that. So, so I hung on to that. I hung on to um, the word in 1 John. And then something else that greatly helped me in this process was I, I did a lot of like affirmations and declarations over myself. For example, I would, I would get so caught up in when I was struggling and when I was addicted, I, I would get caught up in saying, this is who I am. I can't get out of it. This is who I'm always going to be. But the Bible says the opposite of that. I, I, I believed in Jesus. I believed in God and, and, and I loved him. I wanted to, to, to serve him and to please him. And, and the Bible said that I'm a new creation. The Bible says that God has made me righteous. He's made me in right standing with God. He has made me holy. He has made me pure. He has made me blameless. We are uh, holy and blameless before him because of what Jesus has done. So I began to say things in the mirror to myself, as silly as it sounds. I would look at myself and I would say, Austin, you are no longer a slave to pornography. Austin, you are righteous. You are in good standing with God. Austin, you are holy. You are set apart. Austin, you are blameless. Austin, you are a new creation. And I would say those things over and over again to myself because I needed to believe them. And, and I prayed those things and I said, God, my prayer life even began to change. Rather than saying, God, would you help me with this? It was, God, thank you that you've made me righteous. Thank you that, that when I messed up, that that's not who I am. That's not, that's not who you created me to be. Thank you that I am holy and that I am pure, even though I felt impure. But God makes us new. And, and Romans 12, 2 says this, don't be conformed to the world. And the world says that pornography is okay. The world says that, that pedophilia is okay but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I had to, to get in my Bible and I had to read and I had to most, most importantly pray that God would transform my mind because there is no way on earth that I could do it on my own. I needed God's divine intervention in my life and he showed up, but it was only when, only when I sought after him, I did a five day fast and I'm not saying that you have to fast if you are struggling with this, but that's what I did. It was totally unrelated to what I was going through and, and, and that verse in 1 John came back to me, that if, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and justice to forgive and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And it sounds so silly, but as soon as I did that, I could feel a complete change in my life. And, and I, felt, I felt so free and I felt so much liberty that I hadn't felt in so much. And it was immediate. It was not like it was not like it just happened over the period of a couple months. It was like as soon as I did it, God was faithful to his word. He cleansed me, forgave me, and made me righteous. And it was so amazing because I obeyed what his word had said. Many times in life, I think that people want the, the, the after effects and they don't want to go through the hard stuff. But the Bible talks about, about struggle. The Bible talks about um, how we are going to have to endure, how there are going to be things that are hard. But when we go through those hard things, God is with us and God is faithful to his word. And I truly, truly believe this. Again, I want to say this, that God doesn't want to punish you. And let me, let, me say, let me say it like this. If you are out there today and you are struggling with sexual sin, whether that be viewing pornography, whether that be um, sexual relationships with um, outside of marriage, um, whatever it is, I want to speak to you today because... I, I didn't have anybody in my life that I felt like cared enough or that I felt like wouldn't judge me. And there were people in my life for sure that wouldn't have judged me, but I thought they would have. Um, but there weren't enough people in my life 
asking me the hard questions. There weren't enough people in my life um, that were like, that really saw it and called it out in me. And I think that, 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 that all it takes is somebody to say, hey, is this, is this a problem in your life? Are you okay with this? Um, and I just want you to know that if you are struggling, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, text me if you have my number. Um, and, and I want to I wanna pray for you. I want to talk with you because I, I promise you that I will be a safe space if you don't have a safe space in your life. I promise you that, that, that I will be there for you if you need somebody to be there for you. I, 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 will, I will be an accountability partner for you if you need it. I, I'm telling you guys, I do not want anybody to feel the way that I felt. It was terrible. But um, again, I want to have this conversation because I don't think there are enough people having this conversation. And I want to be vulnerable with you guys because I wish somebody would have been vulnerable with me and said, hey, I went through the same thing. Let me help you. Because it's so much easier to relate to somebody when you understand that, that they've been where you've been, that they've walked through and are on the other side of what you are currently in the middle of. And um, it's Andy Minio says this in one of his songs. Andy Minio is one of my favorite musical artists. He says, um, it's in a song called Shame, and it's, it's, actually a, it's actually a song about his struggle with pornography. And he says, I never started tasting freedom until I was being honest. And he said, um, another lyric in the song right after that, he says, and I learned that when I'm weak is when I see God the strongest. So it takes a level of, of vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable if you want to see freedom. You have to be weak if you want to see God be strong and move in your life. If you think that you can do it all on your own, then I hate to say it, but you're wrong because we need God. We need his supernatural power to move and to do something in our life. And I cannot tell you how thankful I am for the way that he has moved in my life. And and of course, I, I've walked through other things in my life as well. That was just one of them. And and I will say this, I've never really shared this publicly before out of fear that people would judge me, out of of um, fear that people might look at me differently, but you know what? If I could even help one person become free of whatever they're struggling with, then this will have been worth it because because God wants to do the same thing he did for me in somebody else's life, and, and I'm believing for that for this podcast. If you don't even believe in God, um, but, you're, but you still want to talk about it, please reach out to me. Please, um, you can find me at, uh, I think my Instagram handle is Naylan Austin, or you can just type in Austin Naylan, the live podcast, you find my name, reach out to me, please. I will be there for you. Anyway, guys, um, I don't really have, um, oh, you know, there is one more thing that I wanted to say before I hung up the phone. I want to say this. It is so easy to put on a, a front. It's so easy to fake what you're going through, to fake um, who you really are, because I did it for years. Um, at least in this one area of my life, I wasn't like a complete fake, but but I was a hypocrite in at least this area. And, and nobody, I mean, nobody had an idea of what I was going through. Nobody in the church questioned me. Nobody outside of the church questioned me. None of my friends questioned me. And now I make it a point that that if there is somebody I feel like who is struggling, I will go up to them and I will say, hey, are you struggling? Do you need help? And, and I will be there to help. And and again, if, if that is you today, feel free to reach out to me. But anyway, guys, that is all I have for you today. If you um, have not yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Please give it a review. Please give it a rating, like, share, whatever you guys can do to help me. I so appreciate. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And again, thanks for letting me be vulnerable. Thank you for letting me share my heart with you guys. Um, if this has encouraged you or inspired you in any way, please feel free to let me know. I would love to hear how, how this is helping and how God is doing amazing things in your life as well. So again, thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to uh, get back together with you guys next week.